1: We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 13, and I'm joined by Ryan Goldhar, who's a talent agent, but also was an executive producer on a bunch of films of mine, The Go-Getters, Had a Plan in Origin of Small Town, Sex with the Kids, and is also a producer on an upcoming film called Becoming Burlesque. Also joining us is Mike McFadden, who is an actor and a writer. As a writer. He has written a pair of Bruno and Boots movies, Written under grassy Seed, Spun Out, How to Be indie. And as an actor, you might have seen him on Murdoch Mysteries, The Border, or in the recent film Mean Dreams. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're watching Honor Majesty... I can't say Majesty. <laughs> Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yay! Uh, I'm Jeremy. I have not seen the movie. I'm Mike. I have not seen the movie. I'm Ryan. I have seen the movie. You're very proud about that. <laughs> I love this movie. So I want to ask Mike... Because when I posted about this, you very excitedly jumped in. Well, partly because I was, like, actually available.
2: It was, <laughs> was probably the day of the week. I was like, oh! This could have been any movie. <laughs> Just about. But also because... And it qualified because it was one that I hadn't seen. Right. And more importantly, it was one that I'd never even considered seeing. Like, this is the Bond movie oh. that everyone skips over. It's the one that doesn't count. Like, it's like, when you're talking about who's your favorite Bond... Yeah. Which Nobody no one, no one You're going to do George that.
0: Lisenby, yeah. Yeah. Where, it, where, in turn, you were saying... Hey, I'm watching all the Bond films. I said, when you get to Under Her Majesty's Secret Service, I'm and
1: in. And I was only a few away. So I was like, well, I'll save it for you. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going through and watching them all and just doing a short little cap. So I'm going to do like probably a two or three part mm-hmm. podcasting, doing a chunk at a time and releasing that. So I'll do a capsule review of this on that. Right. But cool. I thought it would be a fun way to include a full review of one of them. Because I've only got up to, I'm almost through the Conneries except for the one that comes after this. And then I'm going to include the one that he did that was a non-Eon Never film. say never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I will include that as well. And I also threw Casino Royale into the mix. Which one? The, the original. Yeah. The Because the, I'm going in order. Right. Uh, and so I've only been watching Connery so far. Well,
0: if that's the case, then David Niven is my favorite Bond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've only been watching the Connery ones up to now. And I have watched them before. I haven't watched this one. But uh, a girlfriend of mine's father had all of the... A lot of them on VHS and, like, both right. sets. Right, um, But I can't... I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this one. I don't remember anything about it. <clears throat> I
2: went through... Before I came here, I went through the Wikipedia list just to see, like, remind myself which ones I'd seen. Right. And I've seen a lot of them, but it's like it's, like, seen it, never seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. And then I get to view to a kill... <laughs> And I've seen that like 12 times. Because like I had a friend who had it on, on that, tape that and you throw like, it in. And, I mean,
0: if we're all in the same age range and that was the Bond film, really, that was the first of our generation. It was the first Bond film that I watched where I understood the plot mm. all the way through. Yeah. To the extent that it held together. And we were all Duran Duran fans. So it was perfect.
1: <laughs> so you guys are slightly older than me. My my James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. What, really? Well, my I was about <laughs> 12 or 13 when Gold and I came out. Mm-hmm. And also the big thing was like the N64 game
0: oh right yeah games, I, I literally
1: got my first job just so I could buy an N64 so I could <laughs> buy that game
0: yeah and probably worth every second because that was one of the best games ever
2: yeah I mean yeah. I remember working in a movie theater in Winnipeg when GoldenEye was
1: was coming out uh-huh. yeah or was out in, in the theater and so, so that they, might have been the first one I'd even seen. Yeah, I grew up um, on the Roger Moore era. Me too. See, yeah. I don't know, and this is very timely because he just passed away yesterday. The yesterday. Yeah. Of this recording. Um, I don't know if I've seen a Roger Moore, James Bond film that I can think of.
2: But I feel like its, its essence has permeated into the public consciousness. Like, I feel like it'll feel familiar. To you. I'm sure. Like it's part of...
1: I've seen some of the Dalton ones. Yeah. But I don't... I don't have a memory of any of the Roger Moore ones. No, for me, he's like my... My James Bond that yeah. I grew up with. And I remember
2: even at the time, people talking about like... You know... uh do you like James Bond movies? And I was like, I think they're really cool. Cause to me, they were just a bunch of like actions yeah, so strung together and... with no, I had no sense of what the story was at all. Yep. But I remember like, well,
1: I will tell you as an adult, who's, you know, fairly story savvy, they still hold up that way. <laughs> okay. Watching the, the ones I've watched up to now. Yeah. Right. Like I sit there sometimes going, what is the fucking story again? Well, it's especially you get to
2: about about an hour at 55 minutes and you're like, I think I've actually had enough bond, but oh, there's still a big like a big finale left and you're and I'm like, where why is he getting the thing? Who's yeah. the guy? Who did we were supposed to think the guy was? Yeah, they're very convoluted. Are, him the, the early ones anyway. Yeah. So. And they feel like movies that were also that came in 40 minutes too long and they had to make some cuts.
1: Well, prepare <laughs> for the next 2 hours, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so why so why is this your favorite, without any spoilers?
0: Without any spoilers, uh, it was actually the story. I, I really love the storyline of this film, which you're about to see anyway, for the first time. Um, there was just uh, an essence to it that was so different from Connery and from Moore. Uh, and, I mean, there's obviously the differences that people will see, obviously, the, other than the acting themselves. So, like, Connery was... Rugged and handsome and still gentlemanly, well, more was The Gentleman, even though most of the time I'll still think of him as The Saint more than I will sure. as Bond, but mm-hmm. I still, he's still my Bond. Uh, but Lazenby was the sort of mix.
1: Yeah, the only thing I've heard about this version in particular and the tone of it is that this people have said this one sends up Austin Powers more than any of the other ones do. Hmm. In terms really? of In terms of the tonal... Like visual reference and that kind of stuff. Absolutely, and you'll see that right okay. away. Yeah, I don't want to say. There's only one other thing I know about this movie, and I won't say it in case it's a spoiler. Um, but that's all I got.
0: Should we just watch it? Do what? spoilers count when a movie's almost forty years old? Well, we're about to watch it. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't want to spoil the podcast. Yeah, I've gone, this, <laughs> I've gone this far. Goddamn it! Give me like,
0: give me the next right, five well, minutes. When we get uh, to this part where he's about to do the? Gah!
2: Are you going to do the thing where you'd be like, oh, this is a good part, this is a good part, just before like, cool the happens? Please, please don't. don't. Let's all go to the lobby
1: to get ourselves a treat. Okay, we finished. Um, so we're having a side conversation while I was in the bathroom about just the history of James Bond and how it kind of started off as essentially an independent film. Yep. Uh, To some extent, it was made for a million dollars, the Dr. No. Um, But anyway, this is fascinating to me because I'm coming off of uh, the first run of Sean Connery movies. I understand why this is your favorite movie. It's probably my favorite so far. Really? Yes. For the first time, Bond is not a rapey, misogynistic it's got a proper like. Um, what's her name? Ta- no, Tracy Diana yeah, Riggs. Diana Riggs. Yep, is the best Bond girl I've ever seen. Um, she's an, an actual human being. She doesn't even really count as a Bond girl.
2: Cause she's a character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's a character in, in the movie. movie yeah, they, but but I like how they they make up for her with literally an army of Bond girls, quote unquote, that, of like varieties from around the world. Yeah. Um,
0: and he still does his job for Queen and Country at that point too, so it's not like he's uh, not uh, you know he, he still you know beds two of those those girls,
1: but he doesn't do it in a way that he, that Sean Connery's Bond did absolutely, not. which was always very forceful. Oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah, and just had like a a grossness to it. But I mean, let's be honest, it's it a still is era. a
2: full buffet of the male gaze. Yes, it's like what flavor
0: of lady do you like? That's do you right. like the African or the Irish. And I, and I loved how even in that moment at dinner where everyone was eating the foods of their country, the oh, <laughs> yeah, Japanese. It was shot from these oh, weird high so, angle. The, the most awful shot? Is 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 the African woman eating a banana? And it was like, <laughs> I know.
2: just for the record, all three of us groaned.
1: Yeah, that like, I think Ryan because oh. he doesn't like bananas. Well, there's that too. <laughs> uh, no, but like, but to the point of like the Mel gaze thing, I would argue that. The Tracy character was very much like the most modern Bond. Like, right. And from what it
2: was coming from with the other films. Absolutely. It, it felt again. so
1: far advanced. Yeah. You know, she had a point of view. She didn't, she called her dad's bullshit right from the get go. She mm-hmm. knew what she was up to and she didn't want to be part of it. Like you actually believe those two fell for each other. Right. You know, to the point where the ending is appropriately heartbreaking. But man, I was not... The, the, I didn't know about the ending. Cause yeah. I do know enough about Bond mythology overall to this know one that was, that was coming. But yeah. All I knew about this one was that this is the one where he gets married. Right. So okay. I knew that was coming. Fair enough. Right. This is
0: also uh, and I assume very inspirational heard. toward the Daniel Craig mm. uh, Bonds. Down the the fights were amazing. The fights are great. The fights were brutal. The, I thought they they were really like, rough. There was less Star Trek choppy in this one than there was... Like, it's, you know, sure, there's a lot of flipping and judo in it, but... Uh, <laughs> there's
1: a lot of judo throws. But there's some of that in, in the earlier ones, too. Absolutely. Yeah, like, this was the most, like, the editing was different in this movie than it's ever been. Like, the, tight, the, the, the shots where, you know, there was more cuts. Um, yeah, the, the fighting was more brutal. It was more cinematic. This movie is the most cinematic of the early Bond films.
0: But I, in response far. to my co- comment about the Daniel Craig films now is also the relationship with the woman he loves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the case of the newer films, he does fall. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, you know, Quantum of Solace is that whole chase after the fact, right? Yeah. Whereas, I mean, now he has impetus to go after Blofeld.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's personal.
0: Now it's personal.
1: Yeah, I love. And it does come back. I I love the Easter egg that predates the actual film, but of his family crest. Yes. The world is not enough. Yep. Hilarious.
2: I wondered if that was the title of one of the books or something. I don't think I it was. Think they knew that they were well, referencing uh, something. I'm, I'm sure they just said, what
0: was the first original Bond film outside of Sioux the... Royale was the first novel. No, no, no. Outside of the Ian Fleming books, which was the first oh. film not written with, from uh, have, Ian Fleming. And I think that's the one that they To introduced. the internet. I don't know. Yeah, Octopussy. Well, Hockey is is one of his. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yeah, hey. and, and the thing... Like, even Quantum of Solace is, is, is a chapter of, of the Bond films. Yeah. I mean, like, all of the different titles... Reference uh, some, something. Because some of the books were multiple books. Yeah, they're short stories. Yeah, right. It was almost like a Philip K. Dick, but in the spy world. Yeah.
1: yeah. There was that great, um, lewd joke about the... His stiffy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, before I forget... Wait. Go ahead. No, you. Because um, I think we might be about to talk about the same thing. So the guys with the, the orange jackets... Right. Were they like the Swedish Olympic team that
0: <laughs> both the it like Some
1: of them had Olympic crests on their jackets, and some of them didn't.
0: Did you notice that? Well, it's quite I possible that the uh, the production team behind this film... <laughs> Had to go after it's like what's the uh, like it's like they had the the uh, costume designer go out and find as many as they could if we could find as many of the same costume as possible and they grabbed like those ones that's not the cheapest <laughs> part of this
1: movie I don't but, <laughs> come on like, <laughs> that was very intentional these guys clearly had Olympic jackets on it's never referenced
2: I thought I figured it was a Swiss thing. Like, it was an They're Olympic all year in Switzerland, and so lots of people had the, the crest on their clothes
1: around then. Maybe. If we looked it up, if we looked it up maybe the, the Olympics were just before that or something. Anyway, maybe. I just thought that was such a bizarre detail, that these guys working for a major Bond villain were somehow connected to the Olympics.
0: <laughs> well, I, 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 my favorite part is that it is a consistently downward film, where they start at the top, and ski their way to the bottom and they, they <laughs> keep going down and even as the fart part, part where they get as far down as they possibly can they then hit the loose track. <laughs> and then
2: they, they, they go what were you to say though? <laughs> Oh, uh, it was a totally different thing but yeah. in speaking but in the theme of like weird things yeah. just the very first scene of the movie it's uh, you know the scene on the beach yep. and he runs in to like save the girl who's walking in and, and, and then <laughs> And then drags her out, and yeah, she's at some point fainted for some reason. But well, that was Tracy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she like steals his car and like takes off, and then jumps into her own car and takes off. And then he he makes a total like break the fourth wall thing and says that never happened to the other fellow. That's right. Yeah. And I think he actually looks at the camera for a second too. Yeah, he does. Like, he he
1: does. does. Yeah, it's, it's there It's nuts. It was yeah. there, Well, it's the first transition to a new Bond, right? You, so it's... You have to remember, it's the first time... Like, up until this point, Sean Connery is the only in James Bond. With right. the exception of Casino Royale,
0: which is a... David Niven. Film. So Casino, Casino Royale takes place and was filmed right before this film. In in the years in which these films were made.
1: Actually, no, I think this came... Casino Royale came out and then the one before this came out.
0: Maybe. 67, I think. Yeah.
1: Uh, but... Yeah, it's a weird aside. It's actually something to like Bond nerds talk about that scene as if it's proof that there are multiple James Bond and James Bond is a code name and not an actual person. Right. It's not like the Doctor. Yeah. For Doctor so, Who. Right. It's like the same. Oh, no. Well, that, no is, that would be all the same. It that would is be all the same, same guy. But this is like, yeah, it's not just yeah. like different. And, and there's lots of things to back up that theory. You look at the fact that you know, M and Q from uh, Sean Connery hold over to here. I mean, Q is around yeah. up until Brosnan. Yeah, L- mm-hmm.
0: Llewellyn... What is it, uh, what's his name? Llewellyn Davis? No. Davis? Davis. I think so. Sounds so right. he's, he's around, Q up until John Cleese. Yeah, he's for
1: a long time. Mm-hmm. And then even when uh, Judi Dench takes over during Pierce Brosnan's days, she's still around for when Daniel Craig's around. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that Daniel Craig is now the new Bond taking over. Yeah. So there's a lot... And otherwise, why does that make sense? Why would you keep around Judy Dench if you were... And in recruiting? fact, that
0: story makes even more sense if she's sticking around and then the start of Daniel Craig is the start of a new Bond. Mm-hmm. It's him leaving the service into the special service. Mm-hmm. So he's becoming a Bond in those films.
1: Yeah.
2: But I also think that like... So Connery had done what, six or seven films by this point. Yeah. And... I mean, we grew up with an idea of multiple bonds. It's a torch that gets passed from yeah. actor to actor. Right. And we're cool with it. And this was the first time a torch was being passed. Like, you know, like the, uh, even like we're used to a certain amount of churn on TV shows where like actors come and go and it's like, oh, it's not the same show anymore because now there's different actors. It's like, well... You know, Dick Wolf proved that was not a problem a long time ago. Sure. But I think this was in an era where having having that character be played by a different actor was a big ask of the audience. So I guess they probably had to to do a bit of a wink.
1: And I'm sure there was a marketing campaign all around the new Bond, you know? Of course. I mean, what essentially had happened was they did this as a kind of an F U to Connery because they were having contract disputes. Because uh, he comes back and does one more right after this,
0: right? You know they had
1: already announced, you know, just like they do at the end of this one, they had already announced this film in the credits for the, the one that came before. So the train was rolling, and the, and Connery, I'm sure they got Lazenberry to do it for next to nothing, you know. Until, but
2: didn't he turn down doing more?
0: Wasn't that I don't know the, after the issue? fact. But then, mm. and then it became a thing. It became a thing to change the actor every once in a while because as they started to grow into the role they started to grow out of the role by being older yeah yeah. Uh, but then uh, Roger Moore comes in right after after Connery's last film and changes the way people see Bond altogether. where Connery was that rugged young Scottish English you know performer and Lazenby Lazenby comes in and and does his his one off much more gentlemanly Mm mm-hmm
1: very' and funny, but funny, like yes. it's really great Dryson's humor
0: uh, mm-hmm. and then it goes back to Connery for one more, so you get that that look again, and then Roger Moore comes in and he's like reinvents it, he reinvents it, like he's the tall well dressed all the time, skinny uh he's not your typical fighting bond, much more cerebral, yeah, but much more like. He's the more prototypical gentleman, like, you know, like the like the the taller, leaner man. Yeah.
1: and he
2: takes those little quips, right? Those little like as, as watching this, I see like those little like asides that Bond makes pretty much every time he kills a henchman. If right. he's got a minute, he'll have a, have a bit of a like. And he oh, doesn't he'll have be have wrenched a off, or like it's like I'm realizing that like me as a kid thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger was so funny with his little quips every <laughs> time he like, kills him. It's just a lot part of a long tradition of yeah. You know, absolutely, like a throw, throwing away a little, a line. But I think more Ro, uh, Roger Moore took
1: that, like, made that into a high art, absolutely, because he was just so naturally funny. On that point, though, he sees Blowfield get like hung up in the tree. He doesn't go that much further, and then Blowfield got away.
0: He's not yeah. the most thorough of, know, <laughs> of, of spies. I
1: he's mean, a blunt instrument because well, he's I mean, pretty calm. He's like he sends the dog to get the brandy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next thing you know, he's back home. Yeah.
1: So, you, so you, by that dissolve, you go. Oh, he Blowfield's in jail,
0: or and or dead from the neck injury. Yeah. yeah.
1: But no, he's very much alive and got away, and, and he was nonplussed about it. Yeah, it's like,
2: you know, there's, yeah. there's ways that people die where, like, as an audience, we now know, like, that, that guy could come back. I like, mean, if, you just, if you fall off of something high into, like, a mist, yeah, it's like, you're, you're totally coming back. Or just into water. No, no, I get that. But, but if you go in through a, a snowblower... Right. I think we all agree yeah, you're probably We can agree done, that right? guy's not coming back in the <laughs> next <laughs> one. The whole
0: image is behind him being taken off of the, the Blofeld case in the first place. He says, what good is your license to kill if you can't get this guy? Right. And he doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yes, he does. He kills that one guy. Very guy few. Him. I mean, for a guy with a license to kill and... Well, just because you got the license doesn't mean you
1: have to do it every single time. You're absolutely right. right. However, <laughs> he's not a sociopath. <laughs> Still being attacked left, right, and center. Daniel Craig would have drowned that guy on the beach. <laughs> Absolutely. He wouldn't have got back up. Yeah. Well, they definitely cut into that harpoon shot. Is it, the harpo- is it the harpoon, like or the, the, gra- the oh, grapple- like grappling anchor? Yeah, Mike. Like it, yeah, it's like they're going to the shot a lot. That's going to end up in someone's skull. Y- yeah, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> really. It's yeah, very underused. I was surprised it didn't go right into in somebody's fact, eye socket. In, it, in it, fact, again. the
0: only spiking that happened is when he gets hit by the wall art, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is amazing. But it's amazing. Yeah, of course. Is that it's a like, wall
1: art, or is that like where you brush your boots off?
0: No, because it's on the wall. If you brush Where's- your boots off, it would be on the floor.
1: I would
2: it was like to modern. Wall art. It was looking like modern art. There yeah. wasn't a modern yeah. art in
0: that
1: building. Yeah, I'll take that. No, but the only thing that bothered me was that blowfield. they weren't that far away. How did he get away? How did Bond just not go back and grab him? Like, I think you
2: must have assumed that he was dead because he got his neck broken
0: he's, or something. He but is, they still want to grab really the body. He's with his assumptions. Anyway,
1: I I just, I would, for me that would have felt better, sat better, if we saw like Blofield going on a cliff or Bond went way further down. It just felt like they were, they were way too close to each other. Right for him to have gotten away in the way that we see at the end he
2: has. Right. I wonder if it's at the point of the film where the producers are like, uh, we could explain more if we add 15 more minutes, but let's just uh, we're already at to get, to to get to the, the wedding. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing, I'll, like, <laughs> we spent all that money on a limp of jackets.
1: <laughs> I will say, like, I find myself nodding off through these movies, generally speaking. Yep. This one, it wasn't until this, uh, the bobsled yep. that I started feeling... It's repetitive, and I found myself closing my eyes a bit here and there. Yeah, because the thing with bob said I'm like, it's not a very specific track. There's only like so many. <laughs> <ways> <laughs> this thing's gonna go. But,
2: but they tried to sell the fact that you do have to steer it a bit because they have those shots of the cables inside, like yeah, yeah but, you know,
0: mixed with a little. Oh, I dropped the grenade. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I was just glad he didn't just accidentally kill himself, and that's how the whole thing got resolved. That is the the end. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> fields. I think if. Kelly Savalos was great. Yeah. He
2: was really good. Was that like his first
1: big thing? Was no, that the thing he had that already made him t- an
0: established performer at that point? Yeah,
1: moment. but that was the first time he played Bullfield. Bullfield's been played by many people. Yeah,
0: but it's the only time he plays him. Yeah. Because he changed, yeah, they changed actors right away. And that's, of course, the. We uh, we started saying earlier about what inspiration this was to the Austin Powers films. Well, whole Holy
1: is. Yeah. Yeah, Blowfield is a mystery mm-hmm. doctor. It's, it's documentary. Told
0: with a white cat. Like, uh, that
2: was the, that's probably the thing that is the biggest thing to blow my mind. I've seen this movie that I never saw before. Was that I always assumed that all the Austin Powers tropes were for one of the Sean Connery movies I just never quite got around to seeing. I but never it was,
1: imagined it was this one. Well, and Blo- I never imagined they were all in
2: the same movie.
1: But Blowfield and the cat are in other movies. They oh, okay. Including Bond. some of the Connery ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you never get this much interaction. Right with blowfield, as you do in uh, in, in other ones. Like no. Mostly, most, in some of them you're just seeing his hand at the cat. That's right.
0: Right. It's, it's right. almost like the you know like the the start of Spectre where you start to see the hidden traces of this secret organization, these secret villains who don't need to be revealed. They, no. You know, there's a shadow government, a shadow evil group. But it's also a very different
1: blowfield than you've ever seen. Cause before, no, this does. is a
0: much, a much more significantly interactive one. Well, and also
1: just casual. Like, the other ones, he's just very pure and proper. Because well,
0: right off the bat, you're not supposed to suspect that this guy is him, even though you know he is. Interesting. Like, he's, guy, yeah. he's this doctor who he's claiming to be, you know, uh, the uh, or No, whatever. but
1: they mentioned that early on that he's, he's, he's posing to be this other person. Right. Don't they? Why does that? He, what that's did the whole reason he
0: goes. Why did he want that title? What was that going to get? Was just, you know, legitimacy, I think.
1: Yeah, you okay. know, a
0: title. A title means legitimacy in the in the rich world. Yeah. You right, know, like if you have a crest. So it wasn't necessarily
2: tied right into his uh, empire as a yeah. chemical weapon.
1: No, well, that, no but no. that's what he wanted. Like that's why he said to Bond, "He said so you'll be surprised." Because Bond's like, "What well, he ask for another hundred million dollars?" He mm-hmm. says, "No, you'll be surprised." with my My fee is this time. And his fee is amnesty. He just wants to be cleared of all of his previous crimes Mm -hmm. so he can retire as a private citizen and have his fancy title.
2: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: And then they're like, yeah, we're going to give it to him because (laughs) it's not that bad. That's that's a lot less than he asked for last time. (laughs) And he won't won't destroy all our crops. You know? So you can understand, and you can also understand why they would negotiate with that. Because it costs them nothing, really. Right. Besides letting him
0: go, and, and in a way, they're not quite friends. law enforcement either, right? I mean, think about it. It's like their their job is to protect, to do the duty, and protect Britain at all costs. Hmm. And if that means making a deal with the devil, I mean, that conversation between M and his new father in law is like, "Oh, you killed three of my old, you my know, my best, my, men. Best, my yeah. best men. How'd you do that? Well, let's talk about yeah, it." You know, it's a it's casual a, conversation like between, the, you know. It would be no different than having Trump talking with with Putin. No, really,
2: it's a total like coyote talking with a sheepdog. That's right. Moment.
0: Yeah, but also you get
1: the sense that it's like that's a conversation M could be having with Blofeld ten years from now. That's right. If this deal goes through. It's like, remember when you used to be our number one... It's like, yeah, fun times. You were a
0: real thorn in my side. But thanks again for creating that weapon that took out the next villain, because, you know, now you're working for us. He becomes... I mean, it's it's historically accurate to bring your enemies in to help you defeat your next ones. Yeah. And 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 then it's also in the terms That's how we make our new enemies, by helping them... Defeat their own enemies. That's that's how
1: the entire Fast and Furious franchise has been built. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing a marathon of those, two? No, because I've already seen them. Okay. Um, But I wish I I had been doing this when I had, because that would have been interesting. Um, What else to talk about? The Bond girls, the... uh, I don't remember... There was uh, smoking smoking. as much in the... the Oh, yeah. It's
0: almost an advertisement. It was. uh, It was. Well, mind you. Again, it's even though it existed. I mean, again, it was the '60s. Wasn't as iconic. Like that was his introduction. This was George Lazenby is a smoker. He this like this bond is cool and calculated. He's like, oh, I'm going to light a cigarette, and this is is the way I drive my cars. I throw my glasses down.
1: Yeah, yeah. The cinematography was very different in this movie than there has been. Like some really interesting, cool stuff, and then Mm. just some weird stuff. Yeah, pretty weird stuff. Yeah, you know, like those weird push-ins every now and then. Those high angle shots when they're having that dinner. That's my favorite
0: yeah. shot that is, dinner that
1: kind of made me think of like that restaurant at the top of the same tower that rotates. Oh, they're rotating right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can think of.
0: My favorite shot is uh, when he's looking through the, the sniper scope at her on the beach, and so the camera shot shows her at the beach, and you see the out frame of the target. Mm-hmm. But if you look outside of the target, it's not like that's any zoomed out in at all. <laughs> it's the same shot. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's really obsessed with her ankles too. Well, you know, he's an ankle guy.
0: Yeah, there's some fetishists out there, and that was this buns. I mean, like you know, but what was the
1: sense that he'd been following her around and keeping her out of trouble?
0: Well, initially it was just a passing girl who, you know, he's like, ah, you know, she was, you know, giving me some fun on the road, and I Ah. saw and she was pretty, and that's how it starts, right? I mean, like she just passes him. Well, you don't know because you assume he pulls
1: out that gun. You're like, oh, he's gonna kill her. I thought he was like. I thought it
2: was a case of, oh, this hysterical woman is upset and is going to throw herself into the
1: ocean, but, and he's
0: saving her. Of why he saves her?
1: So then, who the fuck are those two
0: dudes? Like they the guys work like, for her dad. They're her but protection. He was, but he was but, helping her. That's right. And then the next thing is, where did they come from?
2: So bizarre. Well, that's but, like, where does the music come from? Like I think you you don't hear it now. (laughs) I hope it's not scary. Oh no, it's the murder cottage. I can put any music I want to underneath this mic. Oh my god! (laughs) Don't. uh. (laughs) That's okay. It's just gonna be that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gadgets. Not a lot of gadgets in this one.
0: No, I mean there's hints. Well, he's on vacation, (laughs) right? Well, right off the bat, like when he's packing after he's retired, but really given two weeks, he's packing up his suitcase, and he pulls out the watch, and he pulls out the carrot yeah, that comes stuff. out of the watch, and he pulls out the, uh, the, uh, the breather, like the the scuba breather that's just a handheld. But he never uses that. No, thing. he never uses them. He just shows that he has gadgets and moves on. But that's what he
2: does think. have. The, the
0: safe cracking
2: stuff was amazing, because it was a photocopier. It took so long. And, uh, and uh,
1: he had to have it craned up to him. And then sat down, realized there was a Playboy there, so thumbed through it. I was I think that, was,
2: that was the extent of the gadgets, right? Was the safe the safe cracking stuff? Yeah.
0: Safe cracking and and photocopy and making photocopies. But the
1: photocopy was part was in the office. <laughs> he used the gadget photocopier.
0: No, no, that was the machine. The It machine was an all-in-one. Oh it was I a saw- safe cracking photocopier. Oh, I thought the photocopier was already
1: in the office. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. No, no that, that was, was his machine.
0: He boxed it back up yeah. and gave it to him.
1: And, and it, it was really, probably just
2: amazingly not- miniature for its day.
1: Right. Yeah, but you know what was great? Cra- like, he just kind of t- chucked that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that was delicate back in those days.
0: Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> the old VCRs? Those things are war <laughs> tanks. I mean, just... That's fair. Uh, but I remember I was... The fir- first time I saw it, I thought he was going to get into the thing with it and be carried back in. That yeah, why a bad would idea. Why
1: wouldn't he have gotten out that way? That would make more sense. It would. Actually, I thought that was going to happen this time, too. And that... But,
2: go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the gadgets in Bond, like, especially when I was a kid, like, mm-hmm. that was like 80% of the fun was like how the gadgets like what are the cool yeah. things car is his car going to drive yeah was it going to have an it? oil slick yeah. or you know And like that's
1: kind of what I loved about this was it was he didn't have he didn't have those things it was how is he going to be resourceful without with only what he's got absolutely mm-hmm. and I kind of like the break from that and
0: the majority of what he had really was a sniper rifle in his glove compartment that he never used yeah. except mm-hmm. for the actual scope because
1: usually it's like he would have gone with him, he would have had some way of contacting them, mm-hmm. from, but he didn't, like, his whole, all he had to do was get down the mountain, he couldn't even get to a phone. Yeah, and that's love, what he
0: was trying to do when they shoot at him, right? Yeah, that's Isn't what it? I
1: loved about how simple that was, he just needs to get to a fucking phone, and he can't yeah. even do that, because they're on this giant Swiss mountain.
2: So he was trapped up there, he didn't have any of his gadgets, yeah. and he was surviving with his wits and his amazing acting talent.
0: <laughs> I'm playing, he uses pockets. the heraldry expert. Yeah, his and he uses he uh, I love, I love the pocket use. He it's like he rips them right? out to use his gloves. It's great, but that
1: sequence was great too. Like just watching him, like it was so simple. But MacGyver did, I and mean, that's really
0: the where MacGyver gets his stuff is from Lazenby. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: Yeah, I love that stuff because I like the gadgetries too. Um... But the, only, the, the problem with the gadgetry is always that it's like, you know, there's that obligatory scene between him and Q, and they go through, and then it's just a countdown when those are going to be used. Yeah. Right. So I like that you didn't... This movie had more of an unpredictability to it, like, because of, right. of all those set pieces stacked onto each other at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from that... And they're great, like, that's... that. Which one? There's so many of them. But that sequence where they're going down the mountain... Yeah. You know, before the stock car scene, like, the, the just like the shots, like, the, them all lined up, all six of them just, like, going down in a row. Like, the shots in that sequence are gorgeous and amazing, and they mm-hmm. tell such an interesting story. And the stock car race is pretty great. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't look like bad green screen inside cars. There's Some of it does. Um, yeah. But there's some stuff that makes you feel like they were inside that car during that stock race.
0: Well, I mean, there's definitely in-car shots. I mean, there's a shot of a conversation between uh Tracy and her dad. And excuse <coughs> me. Uh what I found interesting was how well lit it was. And it's like if you you watch it closely, you can see like they're in the car, it's not natural lighting at all. Like they mm-hmm. are yeah. lit mm-hmm. and they're a shadow going like crazy. Yeah. But it was just fascinating to me because it still felt like they could have easily made that a little bit cleaner. Yeah. Even in that era. Sure. But yeah. even like that avalanche shot, there's people in that shot s-
1: skiing away from it. Yeah. Like that's not something they could have done with trick photography back then, I don't think. Not in 1968. You know, all that kind of stuff is done in camera.
0: That was, a, that was a real avalanche. Yeah. That was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> now, for all we know, that is stock footage... Mm-hmm. because it's long shots and seeing little blips I don't care it's yeah. still it's amazing it's like you know, uh, you know they got it from footage of you know in in Canada where they you know like periodically like blast off and then yeah
1: know don't ruin this for me <laughs> sorry it's the <laughs> popcorn okay. talking yeah it's the popcorn but
0: then there was another
2: shot where it was when they were driving and the the car was running out of gas, and the wipers were going. And it was like that's a lot of shaving cream on that car windshield. <laughs> they really they really went to town on the shaving cream for that shot. That it, is, was, it was thick. It
1: that was. and not being able to afford the the non Olympic jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta shave yeah. the budget somewhere.
2: But I feel like I have to cut Hollywood and you know Hollywood UK some slack because I feel like as Canadians we have a more of a. Uh, higher bar for what's convincing looking snow.
1: Hmm. That's fair. So, yeah, we know. Well, this is the first Bond movie in snow, I think. But they then exist.
0: skiing is a bit of a trope. It does. Eventually, others. it becomes often that he goes skiing, and yeah. it's
2: and like the greatest, most iconic moment of any Bond film is Roger Moore skiing and going over the the cliff. I and seen it. oh, never mind. The oh, I won't say. I'm not going to say anything. It. You'll know. Yeah. yeah.
1: But this is the first time in snow, and it was nice to see... Because it's usually tropics up to this point. Right. It's Connery coming out of the water in a, in a oh, bathing yeah. suit. Um, or, like, that crazy, terrible underwater, like, in Thunderball. Yeah. The last half an hour is underwater, and it's terrible. Yeah. Well, because what's great here is you've got him... At least you put him in a blue jacket. I know he's... That's Bond. Right. Where it's like, they have... I'm 90% sure it's Thunderball. It's them underwater, and it all looks like the same people fighting each other. Like, I don't know who's who, what's going on, for the most part. Like, they don't find a, a clean way to identify them. It's all, like, people wearing masks fighting each other. Yeah. And it's half an hour long. Ugh. Which is impressive for the time they shot, when you think about it. Like, I would say a good... That's also a the one with the shark. He like, swims through a shark tank. Yeah. You know? I'd say... A quarter to a third of that movie takes place underwater, and that's in, like, the mid-60s. That's pretty wow. impressive.
0: It was James Cameron before James Cameron?
1: Yeah, but not super interesting to watch now, because right. we've seen those kind of things, and it's not impressive anymore. Yeah. It's not like it's got sharks with freaking laser beams <laughs> on the Yeah, those sharks do not have laser beams. Yeah. But that's where that came from, is that movie, in that movie. Yeah is the, the shark stuff.
0: But, and I mean, he does take from everything, right? I mean, he, he takes from Moonraker with Jaws. He takes from, you know, he takes from uh, yeah. uh, uh, Goldfinger with, with um, Oddjob. You know, you know, like the Austin Powers films in general. Like, yeah, He yeah, yeah, sure. takes from all of the Bond films into there. And then...
1: This, for me, is the one of the films up to now that stands up the most still. Now. Like I found myself really enjoying it and mm-hmm. really invested, and not groaning the way I do with some of the other ones. Right. Um, you know, and it's and it's at like that th- time when the, when the dad hits his da- knocks his daughter. At yeah, the but he hits plane. he
0: hits her too at one point too. Like he, but that's his daughter. No, Bond hits I, her once. That okay he to hit her your daughter. In, in the bedroom when he's when she's got the gun on him, and he grabs the gun back from her. Yeah, in the uh, in the hotel.
1: But that's light. Like he, he is your right, Absolutely, I'm isn't. not saying it's okay to tap a woman, but like Connery would have smacked her. Right. And and gotten turned on by it. And
2: it's it, interesting because you're coming at it from having just watched all the Connery ones and you're thinking like, this is pretty progressive. He's only <laughs> slapping her lightly. Whereas, whereas I'm, I'm coming at it from <laughs> the rest of 2017 thinking, oh my God, yeah. there's a lot of hitting this woman. Yeah, mine's contextual. I'm not saying anything about but your perception of the world. When you're watching a movie right made, and wrong. made
0: yeah. 45 years ago, yeah, 47 years ago, and or longer now, uh, and... You're watching it from a perspective of today's yes. mentality and moralities,
1: and that's why I'm saying, right. yeah. you know, with those few exceptions,
0: like and, it holds and it's up not way to say that, that, it, that it was you know, ever right to do those things. No, no, no.
1: Do yeah, like things. even I was talking to my mother-in-law because she about this because she, oh, so I love James Bond movies, and I was like, huh. And, what, and we didn't have a chance because other things were going on. But I wanted to unpack them Like, did the misogyny ever bother you? her. <laughs> that that's what I mean. And, that, and what an interesting thing that it's just like, oh, that's okay. That's just they let, they let that mm. slide back then. Yeah, I've been slapped a couple of times. It's okay. Oh. My boss, my teachers. <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway, but, but that's the stuff that's made me like the most uncomfortable. we watching those ones. Yeah. It's just how sleazy Connery was. With, with and the yet, movie. he's still one of the most revered. It? Yeah, but he's also started it, right? So I think whoever did would be in that. Like if Roger Moore, who was supposed to be the original Bond, he was Ian Fleming's choice. Um, Really? Yeah, if he had started it, it would be a totally different thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when Connery started it, he wasn't... Like this is the thing that made him, right? He hadn't really done much before this, had he? Well, he'd been around. He'd been around, but this is the thing that catapulted him an in international superstardom.
0: Well, yeah, outside of the UK.
1: Yeah. So what were you going to say? Uh,
2: I don't know. Maybe I was going to talk about... Uh, he's in a kilt. I was wondering if that was thumbing their nose at Connery a little bit. Well, no, I think or it's... it's a, a little bit of, well,
0: remember, he's also playing Hillary Gray. And he's playing the man who is a... Uh, professional and expert in coat of arms and things and so that kind of man would probably own a kilt. But I still with that,
1: I still think Mike's theory holds wet water. Like but like that's the
2: that's the in-story reason to do it. But the, then the but outside of the story
0: against the Scottish guy who's no longer our Bond Yeah, so went to the Aussie? Maybe. And male wear kilt. And then also that great
2: line from sixties uh, Meg Ryan. When he oh, she's
0: That's exactly who she is. She's,
1: oh, yeah.
2: She's totally 60s Meg Ryan. Yes,
1: now I didn't know we were watching. It's been it. driving me crazy up until that point.
2: Drops the kill to and
1: yells. It's, it's true. true. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, that was totally a dig at Connery. And also just how fluffy. How would you, how would you describe him?
2: He that? was a. This, I these mean, the poof. This the is the, the fluffiest Bond we've seen.
1: Yeah, Connery would never have worn those things.
2: And actually, earlier well, in the movie, he was wearing a tuxedo shirt. Yep. He took the jacket off. And it is just this pillar of, of meringue yeah. all the way down. And
1: I and was thinking... And then see through on the side. Yeah. And that was
2: like... Pretty traditional tuxedo shirts from then, yeah. too. And I even was thinking, like, my God, the, he looks like a bullfighter. And, then, and that was
0: <laughs> and then before were the bullfighting. bullfighting
2: scenes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, very different. But then you can see how the Austin Powers references come from this movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even like the color in that casino, that purple or blue or whatever it is on mm. that on that back wall.
0: But I like the fact that it, you know they just continue with the casino theme. He, you know, at some point in a Bond film, he's going to be gambling. It's either yeah. baccarat mm. or whatever the case would be. At some point, he's going to have his martini.
1: He's not in all the earlier ones. It's interesting. They start around now. I think really hitting on all these iconic things. Yeah, the martini. The car, yes, the cigarettes, the gadgets—bond tropes
0: that are going to continue to go.
1: Yeah, but they—they they aren't tropes from the get-go. Like he—he add, he starts adding them all as as the movies progress up to around I think this point is when they're all in full effect. Right. And, and and especially when you introduce a new one, you're like, oh, how are they going to introduce that? At one point, I swear the martini was the opposite; it was stirred, not shaken.
0: One writer's mistake, and it continues on for <laughs> <their> life. Yeah. <laughs> Or you know, someone clubs point, a line but no one gray, catches but it. Now he's green. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it. It just takes one little moment. But you know, you know, he stays in character when he's in when he's at the chateau and he orders the whiskey because he knows. that that's not what like he can't order what Bond would. would yeah, that tell. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's interesting. I remember like as a when um, probably when right before Pierce Brosnan took over and when Daniel Craig did. I remember like all the magazine articles talking about, well, what's Bond going to drive? What's the new. Oh, yeah. What's the vodka he's going to drink?
0: Remember, Brosnan was actually supposed to be. He was the fan favorite and the one they wanted when Dalton took over. When Timothy Dalton took over, it was actually Pierce Brosnan they wanted to go after, but he was doing Remington Steel. Right. So at that point Timothy Dalton becomes Bond and, and there's a lot of people who like, hate on those films and they think he's like the worst Bond but I actually really like, like Living Daylights and, and, uh, and um, Dalton yeah
1: uh, I saw a couple of, I don't, License to Kill License to Kill I saw for sure and I, I was I mentioned it that, this, that Lazenby reminded me of Clive Owen at some point through the movie Yeah, I mean he would have made a great Bond he's too old now probably but he'd have been mm-hmm. a phenomenal Bond
2: yeah.
1: Because um, he's got that
0: dry sense of humor. He's yeah. charismatic as shit.
1: Like you know, at one
0: point, they were talking about Jude Law, who could also fit into that same category. Yeah, he'd be different. I mean, Edris
1: Albers would be... Well,
0: he, he, he's the one that people are talking about doing now anyway, because it's like, why it's can't time. there be a Black Bond? Yeah. I and mean, sure, why can't there be a Black Bond? It's just a matter of what's the... It, there's no such thing as believability.
1: No. And then, the, yeah. and then should there be a female Bond? All these things. Have well, there sort left of left. is. And
0: it's, and it's uh, you know, what's her name? Who played? Um, uh, Halle Berry. Who was introduced in, in they one They They tried
1: the, to make that work. They were going well, to well, try to that, that. whole film
0: that, was written to create a new franchise and it didn't work. Didn't turn it up for Really? Any. Yeah. That character was supposed to start a whole new line of films with her as the lead. I'm learning so much tonight, you guys.
1: <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, fascinating. Anyway, I really like this. Uh, I was so... I was not prepared to enjoy this the way I did.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I wasn't expecting to like it as much.
1: I I, I didn't...
2: But, I mean, even just starting out and it being one of your favorites, yeah. or your, your very favorite, yeah. I was like... Pleasingly surprised to hear that. Because I didn't think it rated. Like, I thought it was the one that
1: people... Oh, you have no sense of Ryan's taste of movies, though. (laughs) (laughs) That could have went either way for
0: me. It's true. No, No, I'm surprised how good it was. I'm surprised how good a Bondy is. Yeah, to sit next to the two of us when we went to see (laughs) Antivirus. Or Antibirth.
1: Yeah.
0: What, um...
1: So, you know, what does make this your favorite movie? Uh, It's
0: kind of that. Favorite Bond movie, anyway. uh, The reason it's my favorite Bond movie is the relationship he has it is the fact that this is a whole complete man who has to go through love and loss it's that storytelling there actually is a pretty fluid story he goes in on story. a journey yeah he goes on a journey and and there isn't a lot of the what the hell was that it's just it's just it takes him from one place to the other okay it's got a good timeline to it um and it's entertaining, and for me, in films from this era, which I really do enjoy, a lot of my favorites do come from the late 60s period, uh, it just sort of sits well with me personally, and that's why. It has nothing to do with, oh, this one's better because the directing was better and the acting was better, it's just, there's something that sometimes just sits with you the right way, and that's what, what Majesty's Secret Service does for me.
1: Right. Yeah. Does this make you want to watch more Bond films, Mike?
2: It does. And I think that biggest compliment for this one is it totally feels like a Bond film. It doesn't feel like all the others. Yeah. But it totally still feels like a Bond film, which, like, you know, and Lazenby has to take a lot of the credit for that because it would be really easy to have a good actor who seems to fit the role in all sorts of, you know, uh, surface-y ways but he just really doesn't feel like Bond, and I feel like he feels like a different Bond. But he does feel like Bond; like it, it works.
1: Yeah, and he comes out kind of unscathed. He went in, made a good flick, and got out
2: <laughs> and lived. I think he probably would have
0: preferred to make more. five
2: or seven more, but
0: yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. But I then mean, we wouldn't have Roger Moore. You wouldn't have Roger Moore. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. There's uh, the one thing that just sort of popped into my head too was. Like this being a Bond film, and then you get the iconic Bond theme going at the you know in this last uh, escapade of the attack on this on this guy's base, and there's all this Bond music going on like dan da dan and da and you don't see Lazenby at all. All you see is this guy's minions attacking this base and lighting <laughs> it with fire, and then eventually you see him sliding along the curling ice uh, into the shots. But it's mostly that. I mean, when you're usually using the man's theme music, mm. you're focusing on the man, right? Mm. And his action towards specifically what he's doing. But there was uh, an overuse of it, I think, at and that point one. in the in the in the cl- in the climax of the film. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I didn't notice that. I didn't think of that. I had something new to look for. <laughs> yeah. Well thanks for, for coming over and watching this with me, guys.
0: Thanks for having us. It was yeah. nice to watch
1: one with I've been watching them all by myself, so it was nice to it was nice to do this. I
0: learned so much, Before guys. It <laughs> Mike's so happy.
1: Lobby,
0: let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
1: Thank you for joining us for On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Hey, I said it right that time. <laughs> If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy, and on Facebook, check out Black Hole Films. And, you know, leave a review for it on iTunes or wherever you listen to this. And until next time, go out and watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the
0: lobby to get ourselves a treat.